Oh, good morning. How we doing? Seem like we're pretty tired today. Long holiday weekend. But it's good that you're here, and I'm glad that you're here. You all know Thanksgiving has now come and gone. And that means everyone is getting excited for Christmas. But here's the thing, it's not here yet. (laughs) I seem to say it every year, but we have to wait for Christmas. And thankfully, we have an opportunity every year to wait, to prepare, to anticipate this annual celebration of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the coming of God to this earth in the birth of Jesus Christ. And this year, starting today until the final Sunday in 2022, which is December 25th, we will be exploring God's Word and seeing how God is our dot, dot, dot. Today we kick off this final teaching series of the year looking how God is our shepherd. So let's start with this question. What is a shepherd? Lauren asked this a little bit. A shepherd is is someone who tends, someone who herds, someone who feeds, someone who leads, someone who guards flocks of sheep. And, And a shepherd is a pretty universal job, actually. Shepherding is one of the world's oldest occupations and exists over all different parts of the globe. And yet here's the thing. The way that a shepherd shepherds looks different in each part of the world as well. Shepherds where Jesus was living, they shepherd their flocks by leading, not by driving them. And there's a big difference between driving a flock of sheep and leading a flock of sheep. So let's think about this. What does God, who is our shepherd, do? Does he drive his sheep or does he lead them? He leads them, right? So we can look at the words of Jesus there in John 10. And that's where we're going to spend most of our time this morning, John chapter 10. I do invite you to open up your Bible or your phone, whatever you have. We'll be getting into our text that Chris just read for us, but first, I want to start a few verses back there, John 10, beginning with verse 1. This, this helps, helps set up everything else for us today. It says this, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. How does the gatekeeper know who the shepherd is? The the, the shepherd doesn't have to sneak in, right? 
because the gatekeeper knows who he is. So they greet one another. They chat with one another. They have this relationship with one another. So this conversation is happening each time the shepherd comes to get the sheep. All the while, the sheep are listening. The sheep are hearing what is going on. And you know what? When sheep hear their shepherd's voice, they perk up. They're not the most brilliant animal that God created. But sheep know the voice of their shepherd. You see, you could put four shepherds and, and four herds of sheep together hanging out in this massive field. And then when the shepherds are done chatting, getting caught up for the day, the coffee's done, they can go to separate corners and they will each call out to their sheep. And when it's time to go, the sheep listen for their master's voice, for their shepherd's voice, and they hear it and then they follow that voice. And then they follow that shepherd to the next stop where they know that they will be cared for. So then that brings us back to, to how God is our shepherd. That brings us back to Jesus. That brings us back to John 10, verse 11, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now these are some powerful words. Let me refresh your memory a little bit about, about the significance of those first two words that, that Jesus is saying there. He says, I am, and, and I am takes us back to the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 3, the burning bush chapter, where, where God is speaking to Moses. And then what we need to look at closely here is the name of God. Moses asked God in, in Exodus 3, verse 13, he says, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say? God's answer is unique, it's powerful. It's an answer that states, There is no one else like me. He says, I am who I am. I am who I am. In Hebrew, it's pronounced Yahweh. This name of God is the one most frequently used throughout the Old Testament. So when Moses is preaching to the people of Israel, he was stating that he is sent me. That is, Yahweh sent me. So for thousands of years, the Israelites have been taught that God is Yahweh, that he is who he is, and there is no one like him. And so now we fast forward to this time of Jesus. The Jewish people of Jesus' day knew of this story. They knew of the burning bush. They knew of Moses preaching in the name of he is and because they knew and believed of Moses' story and encounter with I am, they believed that that was actually God. So not only did they know the story, not only did they know that this name of God was special, it's so sacred that those people would never even speak it. But now, here, you have this man on the scene, this Jesus on the scene, and he says, I am he says those two words. He says, I am. 
This wasn't well received. A lot of people became upset because not only did Jesus say, I am, he also said, I am the good shepherd. So things just got worse here. You see, the Pharisees knew that in Old Testament passages in which humanity, in which God's people were called his sheep. So, so now Jesus is saying, I am, I'm not just I am, I am the good shepherd. So now he's saying not only is he God, but he is their shepherd. Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So here, in John 10, 11, Jesus is telling the people, the Pharisees, that not only is he God, I am, but he is the good shepherd. The good shepherd, the one willing to lay down his life for the flock. For his flock whom he has called. For his flock who has followed his voice. And then Jesus quickly points out what's wrong with the next with, with the next uh, other people that they're trying to follow. Look there, verses, verse 12 and 13. Let's see if I can get my words together here for you. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus goes from saying, I am, I am God, and I am the good shepherd, I am, I am your God, to pointing out that a hired hand would not do this. A hired hand is more interested in themselves. They're motivated by their self-interest. And so if it's not working out well for them, they run, they flee. And but yet, then again, there in verse 14, he quickly comes back and says, I am the good shepherd. Not these people. I am the good shepherd. And this time he adds more words. He says, I know my own and my own know me. Jesus knows his sheep. And his sheep know him. It's this relationship, right? I don't like to talk about relationships a lot with Jesus here in the Lutheran church sometimes, but it's this, it's, this, it's this close personal relationship that Jesus has with those who know his voice. And he continues on in verse 15. He says, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus says he is God. He says he is the shepherd of all humanity. He says he knows all of his sheep, and his sheep know him, just as God the Father knows him. And then he lays down his life, his one life, for the sheep. So Jesus here is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why? Because everyone else runs away. But Jesus doesn't. He lays down his life for the sheep. All of them. He connects them to the Father. From God, through Christ, to you and to me. 
He knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. How? Right? Lauren touched on this again. We didn't even talk about any of this. How? How, how do they know his voice? How do you? How, how, how do I know the voice of the one who laid down his life for us? How do you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you? How do you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you to save you from your sin, to save you from the ravenous wolves, to save you from death? You know his voice. You hear his voice because you've been in here. In the Bible. it's It's in his word. It's here that you see. It's here that you read. It's here that you learn what Jesus did for you. Then it's here too. It's in your heart. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, you believe, you learn, you grow in understanding of Jesus' amazing love for you. Just like the sheep, <laughs> we're not always the brightest. We're knuckleheads. We're not the sharpest tools in the shed. Here's the thing. We have to remember what the good shepherd did. He laid down his life for the sheep. For how many of them? All of them. That means you and me. He then even says there in verse 16, there are other sheep not of this fold. So, so, so in, in the context there, he's talking about the Gentiles, but guess what? Same still holds true today, right? There's still sheep that are not of his fold. There, there are sheep who are, are not of Jesus' flock. And he says, he must bring them. He must bring them. And they will listen to his voice, and they will follow then, right? Because remember what type of shepherd Jesus is. Does he lead or does he drive his sheep? He leads them. He calls his sheep, and they follow his voice. Jesus calls us. He searches for us. He calls them. He searches for them. And he brings us back from the places we have wandered. Notice how this works. He does the work. He calls. He rescues. He brings us back. How? By recognizing his voice. By following him. But pastor, what if I'm a super knucklehead and I don't come back right away? Well, what if we've wandered so far away that we can't even hear his voice? What does he do? He leaves the 99 in search of the one. He walks around calling out to the sheep, calling out to the one that he loves so much, the one who is so dear to him. 
And as he cries out, what happens when the sheep hears his voice and, and answer his call? A sheep cries out, right? And, and then the shepherd hears that voice. He hears that noise. And the shepherd goes running. The good shepherd hears his sheep and he takes off toward them. He takes off towards the bleeding that he has heard. And then once the sheep sees the shepherd and hears his voice again, they're now running towards one another. Jesus picks up that sheep in his arm and he rejoices. He carries them back to the flock. And the sheep join the rest of the sheep. And there's much rejoicing, following once again the voice of the one who loves them. Trusting that he knows the way, that he will provide everything they need. John 10, 16 to 18, Jesus said, I must bring them. They will listen to my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. Friends, the good shepherd, Jesus, did this on his own accord. He did this voluntarily. He didn't have to. He did not have to. He's God. But he did. His obedience to the Father and his love for you and me, his love for the sheep of his fold moved him to lay down his life and take it up again. Death and resurrection. The good shepherd is the only one who can do that. To lay down his life and take it up again. You know what this is, right? This is the good news. This is the gospel. This is what saves. This is why us who truly believe and greatly anticipate the coming birth of the good shepherd rejoice. Now there's one more part verse 18 there that I want us to look at. Come back and look at there in verse 18. Jesus says this, this charge I have received from my Father. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus did what his Father asked of him, even though he didn't like it, right? You remember in the garden, what was he praying? Lord, if there's another way Show it to me. Take this cup from me. But there wasn't. So Jesus did the will of his Father. Friends, because of what Jesus did, that dying and rising, before he ascended, he gave a charge to the sheep of his fold. He gave a charge to the sheep of his fold, and it was this simple. He said, Go. Go and make disciples. Go and share the good news. Go and tell others that the king is coming. 
Go and let others know that the good shepherd is on his way. It's Advent time, right? Preparations for Christmas. Woohoo! It's good stuff. But Advent times means we're also once again preparing for the second coming of Christ. And so this charge is now for us to go as messengers of the good news. And what should you do? You should shout it from the mountaintops, right? That's what Isaiah says. While some don't see a point to the Old Testament or believe it to be true, we do. The Old Testament is truth no matter what professors at colleges say. They connect together. The Old Testament points to Christ. The New Testament tells us of Christ. Isaiah, that Isaiah passage from chapter 40. Comfort, comfort, right? Verses 9 through 11 sum it up this way. Shout it from the mountaintops, you messenger of good news. Do not be afraid to tell the towns that your God is coming. The sovereign Lord is coming in power. He brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock, carry the lamb in his arms, He will hold his sheep close to his heart. He will bring his reward. God, the sovereign Lord, will bring his reward with him as he comes. Do you see the connection? How God is our shepherd. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms. He will hold them close to his heart. Jesus Christ calls himself the good shepherd who sacrifices his life for the sheep. He knows his own, and they know him. So how do they know unless they hear? How can they hear unless they are told? How can they be told unless we go? All we can do, friends, is tell of the good shepherd. All we can do is to show them the words. All we can do is to show them the love. That's all we can do. And that's exactly what we are supposed to do. And yes, some sheep will ignore the good shepherd's voice. Let me say that again. Some sheep will ignore the good shepherd's voice. They will ignore God's word. And when this happens, it's not on you. Okay? Take the pressure off yourself. It's not on you. It's not on me. When people ignore the good shepherd's voice, when they ignore God's voice, they have no one to blame but themselves. But the good news is the Holy Spirit's always at work. Always at work in us, drawing us closer to Jesus. Holy Spirit is always at work moving other sheep back to the flock. And you know what? We don't put any limit on what the Holy Spirit can do. And so we pray for those who refuse to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, that the Spirit may work into their hearts. Because we know the Lord is coming, and he is coming soon. So dear brothers and sisters in Christ, You and I, we who know the Good Shepherd, we who follow, who give thanks for the Good Shepherd, as we know and grow in this good news, we then go forth. We go out and we tell others of the good news. We we boldly shout it from the mountaintops. 
where we're not to be afraid to share what God is doing. That He is our shepherd. And He's coming. He's coming to save, coming to redeem His flock, born to die and rise again, to give to all who believe in Him eternal life. Our God saves. He saves you and me and them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.